morning, if you will open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians in the 5th chapter. As we enter the Thanksgiving season, there's a lot of great verses in both the Old and the New Testament uh, related to being thankful, giving thanks. I especially like um, this one verse here in toward the end of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. And as I think about the idea of thanksgiving, uh, and you think about a word and you study on a word, one of the strategies of studying a word is to study its opposites. The, the antonym of, of thanksgiving or thankfulness. Um, perhaps an antonym, one of the antonyms of thanksgiving that always comes to mind to me is the word complaining. Because really the two can't, those two words can't co- coexist together. They can't, uh, you can't have a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of complaining simultaneously. Um, the soul that gives thanks uh, can find comfort in everything, and the soul that complains can find comfort in nothing. Um, that's, just, that's just a fact. That's just the way it works. This morning, as Paul... Uh, wraps up his letter to the Thessalonians, his first letter, at uh, verse number 16 in chapter number 5. We read, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And just to read verse 18 alone is, is good. The verse 16, I think, really is in verse 17, help us to understand or help us to do verse 18, to always give thanks. And again, it's very important to understand the context of Paul writing those words to that church at Thessalonica. This is a, 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 a young church, a, a church who Paul has praised early, as the letter opened. He praised them for their uh, ability in, in what they're doing and their example and their witness and their growing as, as a young church. He also reminded them of persecution that would come and, and that he had told them uh, when he was there these things would come. And in that frame of reference telling them these things are going to come and he then he gives them some instructions and he gives them some corrections through the letter and then at the end of it amidst all of this he says always rejoice always pray and always give thanks not when things are going good, always, always, always give thanks. 
And this is kind of backed up by something he told the Philippians. In Philippians chapter 2, at verse 14, Paul wrote to them and he said, Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Let's retranslate that. Do all things without, this is what I, we tell our girls half the time, without griping and fighting. That's what those two words mean. Why? Verse 15, Second Philippians chapter 2. So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Wow. You know what the world needs to see from us as Christians? They need to see us being thankful. They need to see us in all things being thankful. Not some things. They need to see us being thankful in all things. Paul, further down in verse 17 in Philippians chapter 2, Paul said, But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and serving of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Well, remember, Paul, as he writes Philippians, he's, in, he's under arrest. He's in a house jail type situation. He's awaiting to be brought before Caesar. To give account for his faith in Christ Jesus. And he says, if, what he says when he says, if I'm being poured out as a drink offering, remember what, that's kind of metaphor for saying, if this is the end, if I'm about to be killed for my faith, I do it with joy, with joy rejoicing, and thanksgiving. In all things, give thanks. And so, but I don't want to focus on this morning. I have, a, I have a whole sermon about complaining, and I thought, well, I, I didn't want to go there. This morning, I just want to give you some thoughts this morning about how to be thankful. Because, you know, we're naturally geared toward the opposite. We're naturally geared toward the opposite. Our brains, we, let's face it. As babies, we learn to complain first, right? I'm hungry. I cry. I need change. I cried. And what were those cries? They were complaints. Hey, it's time for some food, all right? It's time for some, uh, some dryness here, right? It's time for somebody to pick me up and love me. So we're wired for complaining we're wired for grumbling we're wired for those things because of the weakness of our flesh but the bible would not tell us to rejoice always pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks if we couldn't do it so what's it take take some training it takes the power of god it takes the holy spirit's conviction it takes discipline to live thankfully psalm 34 verse 1 says i will bless the lord at all times 
his praise shall continually be in my mouth. What that says is David made a deliberate choice to praise the Lord and, to, and, in, and in a way that was the beginning of our part of his training of the mind into thankfulness. So I just want to briefly share with you a few thoughts about what it means to live a life of thanksgiving. It's, it's not something we do annually. It's something that we can do daily. How can we do what Paul said to in everything give thanks? The first one is this. We could act thankfully. We could act thankfully. We could, we could, what do we mean by that? I believe that we need to demonstrate a life of thankfulness. What does that look like? Well, to act thankfully first is to serve. It's to serve. Do you want to learn how to act thankfully? Serve the Lord. And serve the Lord with gladness. I don't think you serve the Lord with gladness if you serve the Lord on Saturday and then meet everybody at the church on Sunday and just grumble about how long, it, how, how long you were here and how tired you are from serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. That'll, get, that'll, that'll make you, put you on the path to acting thankfully. Paul wrote as he wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. How does serving the Lord make me thankful? Stop and think about this. Be thankful like Paul said that the Lord wanted you in your, his service. He wants us to serve him. The, the God who created the universe said, hey, I need you. And he hasn't just picked a few of us. He's asked that out of all of us. He wants us in his service. Be thankful. That, that the Lord, that the, you know, when I think about this, I thought about asking you, think about somebody famous that you would like to meet. You'd like to shake their hand. You'd like to maybe even sit down and have lunch with that person. Whether it be, uh, you know, an an actor or a sports star or, or you know, a, a politician or, or, you know, you know a famous preacher, whatever. But, you know, you could sit down and you could even have a meal with that person and then go your separate ways, and that person would never, re probably never remember you. But the God who created this world and the God who created each of us knows us individually and he wants us to be part of what he's doing. Boy, that's something to be thankful for. So acting thankfully can begin with serving and by sharing everything, sharing what we have. And I know I'm not just, I'm not just uh, zeroing that in on uh, financial. That's, you know, we say things like, well, share and sacrifice. That's where people's mind. There's so many ways that we can share out of the abundance that God has given us. Share, share your time. Share your wisdom. Share your experiences. 
share your love, and most of all, share Jesus. Oh, there'll be nothing to make you more thankful than every time you share Jesus with someone that it reminds you what he's done for you. So, number one, how do we have a how do we live thankfully? One, act thankfully. Number two, we need to think. We need to think thankfully. What does it mean to think thankfully? Well, Having thankful thinking or grati- or thinking in a, uh, gratitude, if you will, starts with how we think. It starts with our thought life. One of the uh, best biblical descriptions of this might be from Colossians uh, chapter 3, beginning at verse 12, verses 12 through 17, where the Bible says, So, as those who have been chosen by God, <laughs> that's what we just said, you, that's us, we've been chosen, Holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Let all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. It was, it was, what is clear from those uh, six verses is this. Thankfulness is not just some, something we may need to dabble in. Thankfulness is supposed to be a regular, consistent, absolute requirement of our lives. It is, gratefulness is infinite, emphasized here because it is the perfect, listen, it is the perfect antidote to pride and to selfishness. And we don't need to be taught that as humans. And I know each of us know people who you would say, that's a selfish person and that's a generous person. But we all have the ability to be a selfish person because, after all, that's why we sin. Because it's, hey, this is what I want to do, not what God wants me to do. That's the root of it. Whether those thoughts go through your mind, we're, we're geared, we're wired. We are, we are able to be selfish. The perfect antidote is to be grateful, to be thankful. And again, when you begin to think thankfully, it begins to, to weed out complaining and arguing, and selfishness, and dissension, and this 21st century sense of entitlement. Our sin nature wants to convince us, you deserve more. You're always right. Take care of number one. Look out for number one. 
climb the corporate ladder and don't, don't worry about whose hands you step on on each rung of the ladder. People out there that, they, hey, y'all know these people? They, the, boy, they're always the victim, right? Everybody's always doing something to them. Nobody likes them. Nobody listens to them. Nobody cares about their needs. They say that because they're just looking in, focused inward. And you know what? That happens to Christians. Because we're not thinking thankfully. We're not acting thankfully. We're not thinking thankfully. So how do we act, or how do we think things? Well, it begins, it begins, it's training. And though that passage in Colossians 3 gave us some ideas about how to do this, I included verses 16 and 17 from 1 Thessalonians 5 this morning because here we have some clues about how to think, thankfully. One is to pray. And I'm, ta- and I'm talking about something other than Lord, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me. I, I didn't just say, don't ask. I did not say, do not ask the Lord to meet your needs. I didn't say that. that he, the Bible promises us, does he not, that he, he's, he is able to uh, supply us. Uh, we, have, we are heirs to the abundance of the riches of heaven. But... Uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I could say, well, you know, sit down and start counting your blessings, right? Well, but if you do that, you'll start going, I really have a lot of things to be thankful about. So how do we think thankfully? One, pray. When we pray with thanksgiving and thanking God, start with thanking God for the ability to pray. Because had it not been for the sacrifice of his son, that was, that, you would have, be able to do what we do today, just having the ability to pray. And for the ability to not only pray, but thank him for the fact that he hears us. And he's going to answer. So how do we act? think? Thankfully, we'll pray, we'll do it. And worship. Worship. When should we worship? On Sunday at 11 o'clock? That's a good idea. I heard it. Every day. All the time. You don't need a group of people to worship. This corporate worship, this is good. We need this. Do not forsake assembling ourselves. We need this time. But you know, how many, how many folks actually came to worship today and came in ready to worship? How many really came Saying, I'm telling everything I have. I'm, on, I'm laying myself at the foot of the cross. I'm laying myself before God in worship of Him. For He alone is worthy. 
I don't care what song we sing, I'm going to sing it to worship. I don't care how long we're here, I'm going to worship. I don't care what verse we open the Bible to, I'm going to worship God through reading it and letting the Holy Spirit teach it to me. You know, that's a form of worship. Because after all, these words are God speaking to us. How many folks said, God, just meet with me this morning? And then, but again, it doesn't have to be just this morning, and it doesn't have to be just tonight. And every once in a while, God will tap you on the shoulder and say, it's time to get some worship done. You weren't even planning on it. Well, God's never done that to me. We're not listening. We're not dialed in. We're not tuned in. Maybe because we're not praying enough. Praying and worshiping will get us thinking, thankfully. Why? Because it gets us dwelling on God. Why could you just go on and on about worship? It is just... And it's hard to wrap a good definition around the word. I mean, we understand the word. But to me, the word worship means just pouring out myself. We can pray, we can worship, and we can dwell on good things. The mind is a funky, our minds are a funny thing. Our minds are a funny thing. Our minds can be somewhat uncooperative. You could be in worship service, you could be in worship time, and you know you're totally devoted and you're totally focused on it, but these crazy things up here in our, in, in our skulls, they still, do, they still do weird things, and next thing you know, you have a thought that drifts off somewhere. That's because when as you get close to God, oh, there's, there's Satan. Well, he's, he's trying to pull and he's trying to tug. And so it becomes, uh, that's why we have to spend time, not just small amounts of time, but we have to work all the time dwelling on what is good, dwelling on what is of God. We have this natural inclination toward the other direction. Again, back to the book of Philippians, Paul wrote in verse, chapter 4, verse 8. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about these things. Think about those things. So how do we live a thankful life? One, let's act thankfully. Two, let's think thankfully. And three, let's talk thankfully or speak thankfully. We need to express our gratitude from time to time. Talking thankfully involves outwardly praising God, outwardly expressing our gratitude. It may even require outwardly praising, expressing, and expressing gratitude to others.
When was perhaps the last time you told your spouse, you know, I'm really thankful I married you. I hope you feel the same way, but I am. Or, you know, uh, or tell your kids, man, I couldn't imagine what life would be like without you. And don't say, and sometimes I try to, all right? I tell people from time to time, like, we really didn't plan on a third child, but the Lord did, and I couldn't imagine life without it. It just doesn't even, I can't, it doesn't even make any sense to me. Speak thankfully. When we were uh, members at a church in Bologna, I remember uh, one of the deacons there, he was given a, a Wednesday night Bible study, and he said, he, he was telling us guys, he said, guys, he said, I don't care what that lady cooks you for dinner. You better thank her for it every time she does it. And you know, I think I've gotten pretty lazy at that. I don't make, I probably don't do that enough. Do we think that, you know, every, I don't thank my children sometimes for just who they are and the things that they're doing. Do we thank each other for just being a good friend? For just being someone that we can call upon? Do we thank God for what he's done in our life? You know, if you're a believer and saved by grace, don't tell me you do not have anything to be thankful for. Because Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm coming back for you. I'm going to prepare a place, and I'm going to come get you. You've got something to be thankful for. The house you live in today might be falling down. The roof might leak. The door, the windows might be drafty. But man, he's done when he's preparing a place for you. We need to speak thankfully. Psalm 105, the psalmist begins that little psalm by saying, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. That's such a phrase that we could throw around, but just listen to what it means. Oh, and that, that, having that, that, that oh on the front of it, you could hear the passion in it. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Our hearts should overflow with gratitude. If we will think about what God's given us and the people that are in our lives. Again, we could play the count, our bless, count your blessing game all day. Sometimes maybe it is good to, maybe you need to start scribbling them down. The thing about having a thankful life, acting thankfully, thinking thankfully, and speaking thankfully, is it helps us put everything into perspective. We're focused on the great things God, that not only God has done for us, but we're focused on the great things that God is. And then all this other annoying junk that happens along the way, it has a way of losing in importance. Yeah? Things happen. Car breaks down. Washing machine dies. People lose jobs. Yeah, they happen. 
but don't let, we can't let them take over. The world still needs to see us being thankful. So think about Thanksgiving time. Let's demonstrate a life of thanksgiving by acting thankfully, thinking thankfully, and speaking thankfully. And in that way, we will do as Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Give thanks in everything. Give thanks. One translation translates that verse, in all circumstances, give thanks. Why? Because it's God's will. It's not just something the, the, the preacher suggested that we do. I don't have to make this up. The Bible says it is God's will for us to live a life of thankfulness. Act it, think it, and speak it. Let us pray. Father God, there is so much to be thankful for. Your love that sent your son to this earth, your grace that allowed him to pay the price of my sin hanging on a cross, your mercy that never gave up on any of us. Father, help me to, me, to be thankful every day. And to allow that to come out in my life through serving you, through serving others, through my speech, through my actions, through my thoughts. Help me to dwell upon you more and on this world less. And as the world throws those curveballs at us, Lord, if we, I know that when we are thankful that the things that come along are less likely to overwhelm us. Because when we think about your, your wonderfulness and your grace and your mercy, then we know where we can go in those times of need. Most just thank you for loving us. I ask us this morning in Christ's name. Amen.